In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. It's been kind of a tough week, and so my opening question for you, Amy, is hot enough for you? <laughs> Ooh, you know how you know when someone's old? They talk about the weather. <laughs> I know, and here's why this opening gambit is great. We just talked about the weather for 15 minutes off air, yeah. and now yeah. it's my Let's opening talk about it some more. gambit. But the reason is, as I said to you just now, um, this past week fried my brain. Uh, <laughs> it does not work properly right mm. now um, because last night was the first restful amount of sleep I've gotten in six days. Um, and so I yeah. just couldn't... Wake up, people. Climate change is real. We got to move to Antarctica. <laughs> I mean, if we all move to Antarctica, I think... That would fuck it up there. A new problem, probably. <laughs> I, I I'm don't, sure it would. I'm no uh, ecologist or climatologist or whoever studies these things, um, but no, I don't imagine that's the solution to the All right, problem. Fine. Um, but I don't. I get to me. Well, oh yeah. And did you also see that thing of how the Gulf of Me- Mexico is like literally, literally on fire? On fire. I did um, see that. That, as far as I am aware, has nothing to do with the heat of the air, um, but has everything yeah. to do with late stage capitalism and um, no, yeah, that was it was an oil spill. Fuels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was an it was an oil spill. I'm pretty sure. The, so what we need to do is we need to fast forward three million years, and maybe we'll be okay. Wow, Amy, I just like I gotta. <laughs> you just did a t- beautiful, unprompted <laughs> transition into today's subject matter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to see you next week in space. I am Sarah Walsh. I am jo- joined by my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And I just, I didn't know what to start this week with because as i said my brain was fried but also because this show fried it a little bit extra (laughs) well i'm not even sure i watched a story yeah uh, this week and so there was not a lot of stuff to open with 
Yeah, um, and I have like a million questions. That's great because this may be the shortest outline I ever have done. I know, and I love in the that. History like, of the show. <laughs> I know, but like my literally my first question, and I guess I should say what we're talking about, but it literally yeah. the first line of the outline I have questions about because I didn't I I like specifically didn't really look anything up about this. I mean, I say that every week, but right. as I was watching it, sometimes things are like wild or um, interesting. I want to start looking them up. And I did a little bit just cause I was like, what time period are we dealing with here? Sure. Um, but so we watched uh, an episode of a show called red dwarf. Yep. And my first literal first question is in this outline. It says that it ran from 1988 so we watched uh, episode one of the second season series. Yep. Um, so that was still in the 80s. But your thing says here that it ran until 2017. So you're telling yes. me, what you're telling me is that this show that we watched ran for 20 years. Um, yes. 30 years. Yes. Wait, I can't do math. 29 years. <laughs> Holy shit. 30 years. What is happening? Um, what? Excuse me, British people. I have a question. <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, hmm, <laughs> how to answer this well? Uh, basically, and you'll see this in the later bits of the outline. The this is not something that has run continuously for twenty nine years. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I didn't read the. I didn't read farther down. Okay. I see, this I is see. like there are a couple seasons, and then there's long breaks between, and then there's some more seasons and long breaks okay. between. Um, they mostly, uh, like most of the episodes across the the multiple seasons that they've done, uh, include the same actors in the same roles, but not always. Um, okay. And from what I have been able to gather, uh, this is a beloved science fiction show and particularly beloved amongst British people. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> first of all, first of all, I, my, another question. Are there a lot of sci-fi sitcoms where it's got like a laugh track? Because that felt yeah. wild to me. Yeah. Um, that's a very good question, and I'm not sure that the sci-fi sitcom ever took off. I don't think it's. It, I don't <laughs> think it's a major uh, genre. Let's say. Yeah. Um, I like you as soon what? as soon as you said sci-fi sitcom, I immediately thought of Small Wonder and Alf. Um, okay. Yeah. But those are the true. only two I can think of. Yeah, and both of those take place on Earth. So, like, right. I know that they're sci-fi, but they, um, there's, there's. I mean, one involves a, a little girl. <laughs> one involves a little girl android, and one involves yeah. Alf, which stands for alien life form. So they are a hundred percent science fiction. I know they're science fiction, but they are like very earthbound. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, they and, are. Well, they're just a regular sitcom, but instead of Wilson, they've got Alf. Right. Like, he's right. the wacky neighbor, but he right. lives with them. And he's the neighbor. Because, like, he's a neighbor in the sense that his planet is next to, like, a neighbor of Earth. Right. 
Right, and yeah, and small wonder all like their little things come from like hiding the fact that she's a she's an android. Oh right, but yeah, I forgot that. I used to love that, and she used, that show. Yeah, and she would always like read, but she would read by like <laughs> I can't even I don't even know how to describe In it. In that but, show like, was did she, did she also come from space because or did the dad like was he a robotics did he build her? person? I don't know because both of those. Because if he built her, that's creepy. I don't like but I that. Feel like it's, no. But I feel like it's got to be because she was, I don't remember. I really don't remember. I This is now, okay, I hadn't, I always look for TV shows. I have a struggle when it comes to TV shows for us to do. We got to do one of those. We're, we're doing Alf and Small Wonder at some Love point. Love it. Love it. Can't wait. But okay, so okay, this show though reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen the, it's, also British, um, the Ricky Gervais um, show called Extras. Have you ever seen that show? Um, I haven't seen it, but I am familiar with the concept. Okay, well, on that show, we don't, we won't. I don't worry, I won't go too deep into this. But on that show, he's supposed to be an actor, and he's supposed to be on this silly sitcom where he does like he has a catchphrase, mm-hmm. and it's like really goofy, and he's supposed to like hate it. Basically, he hates that. That's his like his job on this lowbrow, stupid sure. um, sitcom. And I got to say that this duck sitcom reminded me of that sitcom in that show. Like, that's the level of kind of stupid it is. Yeah, but also, <laughs> there aren't even any extras on this one. <laughs> like, there's, well, no. there's just no well, one. No. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's a good time uh, to talk a little bit about what this show is. Like I said, this is a beloved British sci-fi sitcom, so... Um, if we have some British listeners, hello, governor, welcome. Whoa. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is, first of all, I don't think, I feel like we probably don't. And, and second of all, I feel like that may have been offensive. (laughs) You mean I shouldn't just bust into, um, a rendition of consider yourself? Uh, I know. I mean, that was very cockney and like very, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot. Yes, but. I get it. <laughs> um, but I also am pretty sure that Red Dwarf is fairly well beloved, uh, kind of in the English speaking people who are sci-fi fans of a particular persuasion have watched this sure. show um, and have a place in their hearts for it, um, sure. and that's why it's been able to do these like multiple different runs over so much time um so i thought i would start by saying that the premise for red dwarf um was based on some comedy sketches uh that were actually um like voice sketches like so radio sketches Hmm. rather than Hmm. um visual and the sketches were called dave holland's space cadet um, and there were just five of them, and I don't know how long each one was, but let's say maybe they were five to 12 minutes long or something, um, mm-hmm. and they aired on BBC Radio 4, uh, in 1984, and from that, the idea, uh, by the creators of that, Dave Holland Space Cadet, are Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, and then they started mm-hmm. exploring the possibility of doing a live action 
version or something similar to the live action version of the thing they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 1988, uh, from 1988 to 1989, uh, we get the first three seasons and in typical British fashion, both then and now each season is only six episodes long. Um, that's like across the board in British things. Well, yeah, because, um, not in everything, as we'll see when I talk about some of the things people have been in. Um, Mm. But, like, the British, much more than, certainly in contrast to the United States, um, the British were kind of at the forefront of what now has become very common of, like, a shorter, a very short season or doing a Mm. bunch of, or it's not even a season, it's like a mini-series, like, you know, like Prime Suspect and those sorts of things were like... Well, and that's why they call it series, I guess, instead of seasons. I think so. Um, Mm. So... This one, as I said, the first three se- seasons are six episodes long, run from 88 mm-hmm. to 89. Then, um, I mean, I'm not sure if this is because they just needed more time to work or if it was like they were put on hiatus and then the first seasons performed well, so then they do the next. But mm-hmm. then seasons four, five, and six run from 1991 to 1993. Um mm-hmm. And then... The seventh season comes out in 1997, the eighth season in 1999, and then we get the super biggest space and time um, because Siri, the set, the tenth season runs in 2012, hmm. and then the most recent recent um, season seasons 11 and 12 go from 2016 to 2017. Now, so interesting. In addition to that, in the midst of all of that, there were two TV movies, also oh with all the same characters. One in two thousand and nine, wow. and one just last year, twenty twenty. Um So, like I said, so I mean, it's interesting because, in that sense, I would say that this show, um, kind of maybe was at the forefront of how stuff is done now, which is like, we don't have to subscribe to any particular format or formula. Um, We can just do whatever we want to do, whatever we think our audience might be interested in, whatever, like, uh, of all the different actors who who are involved, maybe depending on their time, we only have time to do an hour and a half movie rather than you know, eight, mm-hmm. 30 minutes episodes or like whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, mm-hmm. And as long as we're generating the content and people want it, then it doesn't really matter how it yeah. gets out there. Um, yeah. And so uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that um, also in the early days, uh, in light of kind of like the success uh, of the like the late 80s, early 90s runs. They tried to do an American version of Red mm. Dwarf um, in 1992. And my impression of it was that basically they were just lifting uh, everything that happened in the British version and turning it into the American version. So it wasn't as though the American version was like following a different set of 
characters on a different yeah. red dwarf. It was just like, oh, it's all the same, more or less. Yeah. Um, but and that, I, and I'm and I'm not surprised that didn't work here, only because like there is a real difference between British and American humor, especially when it comes to like sitcom humor. I for think for sure. And and while it can work, you know, I guess The Office, maybe if you want to call that a sitcom. You know, but they Americanized it. Do you know right. what I mean? Like they, yeah. they made, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, and I also thought it was interesting when you think about 1992, like those were the days where content didn't leave its own country very much. Like, yeah. Um, so, th- so that's part of the reason why they could just be like, we'll do basically the exact same thing in the U.S. because the likelihood that someone would have seen Red yeah. Dwarf and now they're in America? No. Like, yeah. And truthfully, there probably were some people who had seen it yeah. because otherwise, why did they even think it was going to work? Like, you know. Right. Um but yeah, I think as we were just saying, like the sci-fi sitcom at any time, I think takes a very deft hand. Like you would really have yeah. to come up with something uh because I just, it's hard it's to make it work. It's a pretty specific audience, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty specific audience because I love a sitcom. And, like, I was trying to think, like, as I was watching this one, I was like, you know, I love a sitcom. But, and there's nothing, like, even all that spacey about this one. No. That, like, that we were watching. And, um, frankly. But I still, because I knew it was in space and because I knew it was sci-fi, I was, like, a little bit, like, no, I would never watch this for real. Um, so the final little bits I wanted to say about this show is like, one of the things I think is really interesting, even though, um, there have been all of these kind of different, uh, moments of engagement with the show and different productions of it over time, um, quite a lot of the characters, well, all the characters remain the same as far as I can, uh, deduce, um, Mm. different actors have played them over the years, but the kind of core group has mostly remained the same um, across Mm -hmm. this time. But um, because it's kind of a well-liked and uh, a well-liked and kind of quirky show, a lot of the people who are Red Door fans typically have debates about, like, which version of this character, like, which actor do you like Mm -hmm. better in this role? Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes sense to me because, like, of course. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was kind of uniquely cute and quaint because it's not what I would have expected um, of British people because I just assume they're <laughs> less kind of skittish than we are. Um, yeah. This this show was designed to be like family friendly um, okay. as many sitcoms are. And so they made up fake swear <laughs> words. <laughs> mm. And I noticed them and I actually... I. I had two thoughts, and I, and I only one of them actually was more like right now. I was thinking, I guess you could assume that these are like future swear words, like yes. you know, language changes and this becomes a swear. But I actually thought this fake swear word they that I noticed them saying um, sounded dirtier than a real swear word to me. You're talking like, about smeg. Yes, I think that's a gross word. I and agree with you. Because I, I like I like it's very clearly 
uh, adjacent to another word that is gross. You like, mean smegma. Right. Yes. <laughs> and if anyone doesn't know what that is, go ahead and look it up because I ain't going to say it to you. <laughs> like... <laughs> So I thought that was, I actually th- find that. I closer. just got an image of cottage cheese in my mind. Ew, um, ew, ew. Yes. Ew. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. Um, Smeg, I guess, is the one that they used the most in this show, but they had other ones that they made up as well. Similar to how. I also thought maybe that was a British thing, to be honest, too. Like, I was like, maybe they say that there. Like, no. I wasn't sure if that. I mean, I, I get it. I get why you might be like, oh, well, could it be? But it was specifically made up for the show. That's interesting. Um, similar to, like, uh, in Firefly, they say we're humped as a swear. Oh, I don't like that and either. And then I think it's Battlestar Galactica. They say frack. They um, frack. I do remember that. You know, from- so it's not a unique thing, but I did enjoy this, and particularly because yeah. I just, like... Even though, I guess, American culture is, like, a cousin, let's say, to British culture, um, I, like, when it comes to, like, swearing and nudity, I was like, oh, they, they're not nearly as puritanical and whatever Well, I think we we're are. the most, yeah, we're the most, I think, in terms of, like, um, uh, what we show on TV and all of that, and in, even in movies a little bit, too, like, what we consider... R rated and right. you know, adult is yeah, I think we're definitely the most um yeah, whatever words you said. Puritanical. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, I was gonna say sanctimonious, but that's not right. Well, we're sanctimonious too, but that doesn't necessarily <laughs> apply in this situation. Um but you know, things. I just found it kind of quaint that like somebody somewhere was like, Oh well this like maybe parents and kids will watch it together, so like let's not yeah. let's keep it clean, I guess. Um, I could see that. So now let's talk about the cast in this particular episode because, mm-hmm. as I said, for Red Dwarf, that's actually a pretty big deal. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as I can infer, uh, this is the original, original cast because it's from season two. Um, yeah. So the, and I'm just going through the characters again as listed on IMDb. So okay. this is not to imply that these are my favorites or they're the more or what I think are the most important characters they are just as they appear on the credits um so the first one is Rimmer Mm -hmm. and that's played by an actor named Chris Berry who's 28 um did we say this this particular episode which is called Crichton is the Mm. series is the season two opener and it originally aired on the 6th of September 1988 Okay, I don't think I know we didn't quite say that. So, so just so we go. know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as we'll see, most of the people in this show um, certainly were super new to the game when they got these roles and then subsequently have had kind of varying levels of success if IMDb uh-huh. is to be believed. Um, mm-hmm. So, Chris Berry. Uh, began his career as an impressionist. Um, oh. And I don't mean a painter. 
I figured. Uh, I just I realized that. Uh-oh. I was like, wait, is that the right word for somebody who does impressions? Like, I think it is. Um, he's not I one of the... I think it still is. He's not one of the capital he's not an impressionist T... impressionist painter. Right. He's not one of the capital T, capital I, the impressionists. That's not what he is. Um, although it would be fun if he did also That would be paint. cool. That's how he started out, um, yeah. And... He, and I guess he was doing quite a bit of that on radio programs. And so mm. he started working with Rob Grant and Doug Naylor. And that's why, um, and he's like, and he also was doing some TV stuff starting in the early 80s. And so that's why they kind of include him when they make hmm. this show. Um, and from what I can understand, um, and please, if you're like a major red dwarf head, do not yell at me about this on the internet. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Chris Berry has played the character of Rimmer in every different, like, season and TV movie and everything. He's one of the people oh, who's carried through the whole time. Um, and that makes sense because he is one of the central characters in the show. Um, and Rimmer is a hologram. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Okay, when we start talking we'll about the it. episode, I'll also give you a little bit of a backstory of the premise so that we Yeah, I wanted check to I in saw on some things. Yeah, I saw a funny um like description of it somewhere that I wanted to find again. I was just looking for because oh yeah, we'll get to it when we start like going cuz I want to read this one sentence that I thought okay. was funny. Okay, cool. Um thanks for contributing with some research for this show. <laughs> oh, it's I literally just, it's like on Google. It's not really research in the slightest, but um, it's what I read this morning. Fair. Uh, the next character is Lister, and that's played by an actor named Craig Charles, who was 24 when this episode aired. Um, and he has gone... He was gone, my favorite, I think, yeah, in the show. Yeah, well, because you can tell he's, like, Rimmer is the straight man, and Lister yeah. is the jokester. Um, he is the I only... I also just liked that actor's accent in particular. Yeah. I thought he was kind of fun and funny. I didn't get the yeah. whole dreadlocks thing, but whatever. No. Yeah, um, I didn't get that either. And he has gone on to be a longtime member of the cast of one of the, of the most longest-running shows, possibly on television anywhere in the world, which is Coronation Street. Um, which is a British never heard of that soap opera. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been on for like a thousand years, basically. Really? Yeah. And he was only you said he's on it from 2005 to 2015, but it's been it's been on longer than that. Yeah, actually, let me look this up because I always wonder. I've never like, heard of Coronation Street. I've heard of it just because I like various British shows, um, not uh, soap operas. Um, yeah, Coronation Street has been on since 1960. Whoa, and it's still going. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Um, so Jesus Christ, that's 61 years. And they um, still have soap operas in, yeah. in the UK? Yeah. Hmm. So Coronation Street is like a longstanding, real like um, cornerstone, I guess you could say, of hmm. modern British television. And Craig Charles for 10 years, played the character Lloyd Mullaney on that. Hmm. Um, And then he, much like Chris Berry, has played Lister for the entirety of this show. 
Um, oh, so he's cute. always that. The next hmm. character, the name that it has is Cat. Yeah, I've got questions. And <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm. I don't know what you mean. What could be I, not totally clear normal. about this? Um, so Cat is played by an actor uh, named Danny John Jules, who was 28 at the time of airing, um, and like he previous to this had gotten small uncredited uncredited parts in both Labyrinth and Little Shop of Horrors. Um, oh, interesting. I'm curious who he was in Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I think I remember it saying he was like a background singer or something. I could see that. Um, okay. And I just thought that was weird because when I was looking at that, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Labyrinth and Little Shop of Horrors were both from 1986, and I would have not guessed they were released in the same year. No, me neither. I And I can't decide. I'm not sure what I would have thought. Yeah, but, I, uh, I feel like I, I want to say that my... If I were to have guessed, I would have said Little Shop of Horror Horrors was released before 1985 and really? Labyrinth was released after. That's how, in my mind, it would have been. See, both but of them seem 90s-ish to me. I'm actually surprised they were both from 1986. I don't know. Yeah. But... Um, Danny John Jules has also played Barfly Jack in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, although I've not seen that film. What I know. in the actual hell is that? <laughs> That's when it was like a big deal. Um, oh. I want to say in the early 2000s. Again, oh. this is a because it was one of those ones where I want, I'm just going to look it up because I want to make sure I say this correctly. Um, so Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, unsurprisingly British film from 1998. Mm. Um, mm. it's a Guy Ritchie movie. Remember Guy Ritchie uh, and how people yeah. were all into him for a while? Yeah, because he married Madonna. Well, he did that after he had gotten all this buzz about being <clears throat> this That's awesome how I know him. director. Oh, um, okay. And this is a movie that, like... Uh, set Jason Statham onto the path to international oh. stardom that he had. Um, okay. I could have sworn Brad Pitt was in this, but it, he's not listed in the cast. Maybe I'm confusing it with a different Guy Ritchie movie. Um, but, so anyway, he was in this... It sounds like a very, like, dude movie. Oh, yeah. It's all about, like, uh, the, the underbelly of, like, London nonsense mm. crime guy mm. not <laughs> shit crime guy. shit that i don't care about <laughs> uh, um but when i saw the name danny john jules i was like i know that name it's not a name you just run across every day i know i've seen it yeah and then i was pleased to discover that the reason i know danny john jules is from a tv sh another british tv show that i like quite a bit called death in paradise which is a... I've never heard of that either. It's a British crime procedural, but it's like a mm. light one. Um, oh. Because it's set in a fictitious Caribbean island that... That's fun. Um, once belonged to the French and now belongs to the British. And so they have people who speak French and they have people with British accents and they have all kinds of cool nonsense in it. And the scenery is all really beautiful. And, so people um, just get murdered randomly? Yeah, you know. 
That's fun. Gotta have something. Um, and Danny John <laughs> Jules plays Officer Dwayne Myers in that show. Oh. So he does a very good, like, um, Caribbean accent as oh, well interesting. in that one. Uh, so anyway, I was like, oh, that's how I know this guy. Um, that's funny. And he's unsurprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, depending on how you think about it, he's woman crazy in that show as well, at, just as the cat <laughs> indicates that the cat is in this one. Um, and like both uh, the previous actors, Danny John Jules has been cat in all of the different versions oh, wow. of this. Now we're getting into the final two characters who have been played by various actors o- across, you know, the run of this show. The okay. first character, the character is called Holly, and that's the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's played by an actor named Norman Lovett, who was 42 when this show aired. Um, and he only, I think, was Holly for maybe, like, maybe between 20 and 25 episodes of the ones okay. that they've done. Um, and I, there wasn't anything else in his credits that really jumped out at me of like, oh, I've seen this or I know this guy. So, um, mm-hmm. which is not to imply that he hasn't had a good career. I just like did not recognize a single thing. Um, yeah. And then the other guy plays a character named Crichton, who we will learn is an android. Um, mm-hmm. And that's played by an actor named David Ross, who was 43 when this episode aired. Um, and he in particular does seem to be someone who's had a very steady TV career for, for mm. decades, really. Um, often like one, like kind of um, one-off appearances in different British mm. stuff. Um, and specifically, like both Holly and Crichton as characters remain in Red Dwarf, but David Ross only pre- played Crichton in this one episode. And then they got oh, a different actor going forward. Um, and mm. I, I have no backstory as to why that would have happened. Um, but nonetheless, that's the case. And maybe he was it was like, I'm be- here for a guest spot. I don't want to be on it. <laughs> maybe he was just like, I'm not doing this makeup thing all the time. I could get that. Because uh, the makeup I would get that. He, he was in was quite something. Um, and his yeah. costume as well. Like, none of it seemed breathable. No, it didn't seem comfortable, like, week after week. No. And year after year. <laughs> no. Um, we'll, and we'll talk about his appearance shortly. Um, so that's all we need to know in this show. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I don't know, like, I couldn't, it's interesting, for all that this show is well-loved, I couldn't actually find a lot of information about it like the wikipedia page is not really full of much as much stuff as i as i've seen in other places for other stuff um yeah and so so, just like go ahead oh i no, i was just gonna say like just so anyone who doesn't know what the hell this show is can get an idea of like what we're talking about before we like talk about the specifics of this episode this is the like google description of it oh yeah thank you It says, in this science fiction uh, sitcom, Dave Lister, a chicken soup machine repairman. I'm just going to pause on that real quick. I didn't know that was his job. Okay. That is specific. Um, Okay. He is the sole survivor of a radiation leak on his mining spaceship and the last known human alive. Having come out of suspended animation three million years into the future... (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Lister has very limited, and then, blah, 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 then just like talked about other stuff. But so he's a chicken soup machine repairman, is the right. sole survivor of a radiation leak, and then reanimation three million years in the future. Yes. Like it's a little cuckoo, the premise. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and that's just to remind everyone how good of a job Amy did in that transition. She talked about coming three million years <laughs> later as a result of, like, climate change. So, really well done again, Amy. Yeah, um, no problem. But, yes. So, the premise... Oh, wait, oh, wait. And then it says, and then it also says, Lister has very limited company in deep space in the form of a hologram of his dead shipmate, Rumor. Right. right. Ah, what the F. They are joined by the vain cat who has evolved from the descendants of Lister's pregnant cat, Correct. old and senile... What the... Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Old and senile ship computer Holly and robot Crichton. Wait, okay. He, okay. So, uh, I, okay. The <laughs> r- <laughs> Rimmer, he's a hologram of his, his dead self. Yes. And just so, again, so people can get a little, like, visual picture, the way that that hologram is shown in this specific episode is not that he looks like a hologram because let's be clear he does not. No, he looks like a he's regular a human person. man. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a regular human man, fully like you. He's not see through or anything, um, but he's got an H. <laughs> yeah, like a like an aluminum foil H on his forehead. That's Correct. how we know he's a hologram, I guess. Yes. Okay, great. And then. <laughs> They're joined by the vain cat who has evolved from the descendants of his pregnant cat. Yes. Wait, what the hell does that mean? Okay. Um, so I haven't watched, unlike in other times where I go back and, like, watch a bit to, like, fill out the world, I just, because my brain was cooked this week, I couldn't <laughs> do it. Um, no, I get it. So I'm working from the Wikipedia description of these things. So uh, if... We had watched the pilot episode of this show. What we would see is that um, Lister and I guess an alive Rimmer and many other people um, are going up in space in the late 21st century. And Lister um, gets in trouble on the ship because he has brought his pregnant cat. (laughs) And he's not supposed to. So, now, I didn't know this chicken soup thing. That's, like, a real revelation that I cannot speak to. Literally a chicken (laughs) soup repairman. What does that even mean? Um, Because in Wikipedia, Lister is described as, wait, where is it? Um, A technician. This one literally says chicken soup. What is a chicken? Wait, chicken soup machine repairman. What is what is a chicken soup machine? <laughs> it's like a machine that makes chicken soup. Duh. Oh yes. <laughs> what are okay. what is your question? What don't My you question is how that's a sp- so so specific. Yeah. Guys, when you're coming up with your careers, broaden that shit out right. because you're not going to get a yeah. lot of work if you're just focusing on one type of soup as a chef, for example. Like right, or like one type of machine that you can repair and it's like one type of machine that makes one type of soup like that right. is really limiting yourself anyway right. so um he sneaks his cat 
on t- and and I don't know if there's like a mission for this thing like mm-hmm. that's not clear to me from this description so he sneaks his cat onto the ship and then when that is discovered they're like okay that wasn't cool you you have to be punished and the punishment is going into stasis okay um so he goes into stasis um and I think Oh, that's what it is. So he goes into stasis. Then there's an accident on the Red Dwarf ship. Mm-hmm. And massive amounts of radiation come. They kill, I guess, everybody else on the ship. And because Lister is already in suspended animation, he's been protected from the radiation. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then Holly, the ship's computer, basically like puts the whole ship into shutdown mode to wait out the radiation, like, fallout, basically. Okay. And that takes three million years. Yikes. And so when Lister... So then the ship comes back online after the three million years because the radiation levels have dropped to acceptable. And Mm -hmm. when Lister wakes up, he is the only one who has survived. Holly, the ship's computer, creates um, Rimmer, who is um, Lister's boss in this previous land. Um, So if you think being a chicken soup machine repairman is like a a narrow window, imagine being like my skill set is supervising someone who is a chicken soup machine repairman like <laughs> um that seems even narrower as a field of expertise uh, yeah um yeah and so basically holly creates rimmer because it's like lister's gonna go nuts by himself so mm-hmm. he needs some kind of companionship uh and why lister like why rimmer is chosen like I'd be like, hey, Holly, can it not be my boss, though? Like, can yeah, it be honestly. that sexy person that like, I like? truly, literally <laughs> anyone else. Like, you, honestly, I've seen, I've, seen a fun, I've seen funny things online that's like, you can have an ex- expense, all-expense-paid vacation for this long to this place. Uh, the only catch is you have to bring your boss. Would you go? And you right. like, have to spend all your time with them. I Most would people guess. would say no, I feel like, to yeah. that offer. A hundred percent. And to the offer of like living with them as a hologram indefinitely, I think a lot of people would have qualms yeah. with that. I mean, I think because like it in this Wikipedia description, it sounds like um, what they were going for was something kind of like an odd couple pairing between yeah. people who don't get along with each other. But I'm like, that's and you got fine. that vibe, but that's fine. But like, make it then be like Sam and Diane, where the not getting along right. is also a bit sexy or something. Like this, just you would seems think that weird. would be right. Well, because at least in this episode, which is, I will say something I did like that there there was. Well, I mean, I guess they did have it. I was going to say there wasn't really any sexual tension whatsoever, and no like. Um, you know, 
objectification of women also because there were no women in the episode. Well, but like, we don't know what they thought of... Well, we'll get there. Um, yeah, anyway. Because the women anyway. were literal objects by the time they got Well, there. correct. Um, right. But so then this is the other thing just to like round out what's going on here. And then the character of Cat has evolved from that pregnant cat that Lister had because while he was in stasis, that pregnant cat was exposed to all of that radiation. And so I guess what the show is positing is that the next generation, like the the cat that was in the embryo, um, somehow picked up some human DNA and like over the millions of years that have passed while Rimmer or sorry while Lister is asleep they've now turned into this cat humanoid hybrid thing wow just okay and also now I'm realizing and I don't know if the show goes into this maybe the reason why the only way that can have happened, the only way that evolution can happen is either some amount of the humans on the ship survived long enough to have sex with a cat. Oh, no. Oh, no. Or, slightly less horrible but equally strange, um, each generation of cat gets closer and closer to human. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean what I'm saying is like each generation of cat can get itself pregnant on its own. Oh. Or maybe is born like maybe it's one either it's like a tribble which is born pregnant or mm. it's like um now I'm forgetting the name of that alien race from Enemy Mine, right? Where it just got oh, yeah, pregnant. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um so maybe there's something like that happening maybe i think i prefer that to yeah i prefer that weird cat bestiality let's go with that whether or not um and over time it has evolved into this very human looking more like i would say dracula looking entity um so these are these are all the things happening that we need to understand to Whoa. to get to today's episode. <laughs> um, Woof. Which, in fairness to both of us, I had none of that when I went into this episode. So that I was I was just. But also, I would say you don't need to know any of it. No, you kind of don't. I um, didn't really know any of it. I didn't know the cat thing. I was just like, all right, that guy's supposed to be kind of like a human cat. Got I just it. was like, why <laughs> is Little Richard on this? But like, that's your why is like a weird like mix of Little Richard and Prince on this yes. show? Yes, a hundred percent. So then we have the credits, and then each episode I have to assume begins where Holly, the ship's computer, like just it's a a disembodied head floating in space. Yeah, um, comes onto the the screen and explains who the cat the cast is again mm-hmm. one of the things i liked about this is like you really didn't need to watch previous episodes to like yeah watch this one and i think it it seems like that's by design so it says mm-hmm. that lister is the last human that rimmer is a hologram of a human cat evolved from the ship's cat and then there's like a little setup i guess to that to this week's episode and there was quite a bit of laughter and i was like 
And that I was the first time I heard the laugh track and I was yeah. like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't see why this is funny, but like going forward. I didn't get it either. Then we go into a ship called Nova 5 that we don't yet know that that's what it's called. And we see Crichton for the first time. Um, and, and well, first what we see is somebody is watching television. And what are they watching on the television, Amy? Oh, Lordy. It is an android soap opera. Correct. And um, I was at this point a little confused, like, because the laugh track was, like, quite intense at this point. Yeah. Um, And I was like, is the laugh track supposed to be in this soap opera or is the laugh track, like, what's happening in the show I'm watching? Um, I think the second one i know i I figured it out later because i was like there keeps being a lot of laughing but at first i was like what's happening um but yeah so he's watching this all android soap opera and then the credits roll on the soap opera and it's like android five seven five three five yes i mean admittedly so there were two (laughs) things that i did actually think were funny about this like android soap opera part one the androids are just um they're very similar to some of the things I guess that we saw in the black hole but they're just like totally silver metal face but like it's just got features it doesn't have like eyes or a mouth or any or even nose holes Mm -hmm. it just has kind of somewhat humanoid features and then they've got like a wig on it and I like something (laughs) about that just looked funny to me um yeah and then yes the other joke was that when the credits ran every single person was listed as like Android five three seven eight nine like yeah, and I also I was like oh that's that's admittedly clever I like it, <laughs> but the laugh that came along with those things was like so Ooh. intense, um, so intense. And then like we kind of pan outward from the TV screen to reveal that it's a different Android watching this Android programming, <laughs> uh, which makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, ne- that's why representation is important. We like to see ourselves yep. on the <laughs> yeah. screen. Um, then we are actually come on to the Red Dwarf ship, and we are in Lister and Rimmer's bunk. Um, and Rimmer is practicing what, at first I was so confused, because because I speak some of the languages that go into Esperanto, I was like, Am, is this... Spanish. What is Esperanto supposed to be? Is this supposed to be a real language? It is. Te- I mean, it is a real language in the sense that oh. Esperanto is a thing that exists, but it is oh. a made-up language that um, I can't remember exactly what the backstory is. But like in the early twentieth century, a lot of people were like interested in linguistics in a particular way, such that like. There was a lot of, like, shopping around, like, um, changing letters in different languages so that they would actually, so that, like, the sounds matched the letters more. Um, And Esperanto was designed with the idea that languages are, like, part of the reason why cultures are so specific and so that's part of the reason why so many cultures hate each other and if we have a universal language then this hatred will stop between cultures so let's do Esperanto and Mm -hmm. um 
I know it's meant to uh, kind of combine a lot of European languages. Esperanto's phonology, grammar, vocabulary, and semantics are based on the Indo-European languages spoken in Europe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. it, so it's primarily a combination of European languages. Um, the sound inventory is essentially Slavic, um, which explained why sometimes I felt like I understood it and sometimes I didn't. Um, yeah. So you make it sound kind of Russian-y, but the vocabulary derives primarily from Romance languages, which is why I kept mm. being like, it's not computing it in my brain. Yeah. Um, and then a bit of contribution from Germanic languages. Um, mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know why that was like, like we're going to take, maybe because in this Zamenhof guy's mind, he was like, well... Romance languages have very similar vocabulary, so it lends itself to being blended in a way that other European languages do not. But maybe, like, the, if we're talking about European languages, maybe most Europeans, in terms of their tonal inflections, like Slavic sounds are, like, more what people do. So we'll take kind of the intelligibility and cross... Um, pollination of romance languages that's mm -hmm. part one and that makes a good kind of solid vocabulary but then we'll take the sounds uh, from Slavic languages and most Europeans will be able to roll with that and then we'll get this kind of um, and, and we're not privileging saying like oh these are the better languages because we're combining East, Eastern and Western European things together and then won't everybody be happy uh that's mm -hmm. that's my guess uh since he d imagined this was going to be some sort of a diplomatic language it never really took off um <laughs> but for whatever reason uh Rimmer is learning Esperanto and then there's a lady in the tv screen uh helping him learn uh doing old I think I mean this still kind of is how language is taught in those like duolingo and stuff yeah um, where like it's like say a sentence and then you have to like say it back and yeah. um what's and the joke of this is that Rimmer who has actively been practicing is very bad at mm. it and Lister seems to have picked up Esperanto without pretty really quickly being interested or at in least it. not trying and I wondered if that was somehow meant to say that like holograms are dumb not that holograms are dumb <laughs> per se um but that because Lister is human there's like kind of a uh, a facility for language that maybe machines don't have I wondered about that. Maybe. Um, although it is Holly who's clearly got this program running, so I don't know. Um, yeah. Then they kind of quip at each other quite a bit, which seems to be like the vast majority of this show is them just like yeah. taking the other down a peg. Um, yep. Then in the midst of this kind of uh, good-natured ribbing, let's say, <laughs> uh, Holly comes onto the screen and says, like, I've just started receiving a signal and everyone's like oh wow let's go to the bridge so they go to the bridge and wait is this the part where they talk about dog's milk yes it yes is. okay what in the fuck was this 
<laughs> was this one of the bits where you were like, I'm not sure I understand yes, what's happening? Yes, it was. Um, yes. I felt similar. I actually did rewind this part because I was like, wait, is there... I'm, I'm not getting something. Um, and the, I guess the trajectory of the joke is that... So the crew, and by the crew I mean now we're talking Rimmer, Lister, and they've picked up Cat along the way. Um, <laughs> and they're all on the bridge. And Holly says that the signal has come from a ship called Nova 5. And it's an Earth ship, which is like, oh, what a kind of pleasant coincidence. And they're sending a distress signal. And Holly's like, oh, it would be good if we could get some of the supplies that the Nova 5 has because we've basically gotten down to the dregs of all of our supplies. And I can't remember if it's Lister or Rimmer, but somebody asks, like, well, what do you mean? Like, and specifically, Holly goes into this thing of, like, how they're almost out of milk mm -hmm. and that they've gotten down to dog's milk. And, that's, and so that's what they also keep saying is Holly keeps saying dog's milk not dog milk yeah. dog's milk like and i was like yeah. why does the apostrophe s need to be there like i'm not well is it like is it like when the, the way that british people say maths no i, I mean because it's, it's the <laughs> same as if i repeatedly kept calling it cow's milk or goat's right. milk rather than goat milk or milk i guess um right. well and what does that mean like my question is like what does that mean, and how do you have that? Like, well, Amy, don't make me do. The I know. Well, that's what I'm. Meet the don't parents say it. quote. Oh, I don't know what that means. Oh. I don't know the meet the parents quote. Because don't you remember? Oh God, it's like. Oh God, you can what's milk anything. <laughs> <laughs> I told you my brain was melted, and it's melting right now. Oh, you can milk. Wait, you can milk anything. Yes. Right, and then he's but, like, okay, "Well, but, can you milk me, Greg?" Right, um, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but <laughs> I was re I was required to try and make that joke by law. That was okay, got it. Required. Like that's fine. But my point is. In, in terms of this conversation, okay, I get, like, I get the idea of what dog's milk is. And yes, okay, fine, a dog, uh, I suppose a, do a female dog produces milk for its puppies. But yes, because they don't have a dog on this ship, <laughs> clearly. Um, well, I guess the... They don't have a dog. No, they so don't, but... <sighs> okay. And Let's... they were saying, and he was saying that dog's milk, you can't tell... That it's gone that bad. It's gone bad. What is that? So I see. This is why I thought they were making a grosser joke, and I didn't get that either. Oh no, Amy. Ugh. Ugh. But I didn't understand why that. That's what it. Because I was like, what? What are we talking about here? No. Like, so you're okay. I don't know if I want to say this, but you you were thinking <laughs> dog's milk was a different bodily fluid. I thought that it was a euphemism of some kind. Got it. And. I, because I otherwise I didn't get it. Yeah. But that way I also didn't get it. So. Like, so it was just a no go. Um. So uh, no, yeah. I think because this is a family program, they really are talking about <laughs> milk coming from the teat of a female dog. Um, but they don't have a dog. No, they don't have a dog, and they never did, and they can't have had because 
that's what Lister got in trouble for was bringing a cat. So they didn't ever have a dog on board, like, pumping out milk. So why would they say cat milk? They should have said cat milk. But then also my other, like, question about this whole entire scenario is they're three million years in the future. He's supposed to be the only human survivor. Yes. So why would they care if the ship was was an Earth ship and why would they think immediately that that ship had milk? Okay. So <laughs> my answer is as follows. Um, okay. When the Red Dwarf was leaving Earth, it was set up with a bunch of supplies. And mm. the way Holly talks about this, I have to assume that there were many types of milk brought onto the ship. Okay, okay, okay. And then, and the, and the point of that was that if that radiation accident hadn't happened, then what was going to happen was that the crew was going to slowly work through all the different types of milk that <laughs> existed okay. on the ship. And dog's okay. milk was always going to one. be one of the last ones because... Yeah. It, even when it goes bad, you can't tell that it's gone bad. Okay. Which means it just is always bad. I guess. So, but, so, okay. So then <laughs> the radiation accident happens. And yeah. as I said, Holly kind of shuts down the whole ship. And then let's say that the shutdown, let's just be really like um, super believing in the power of this shutdown. Let's say that all the milk mostly survives those three million years. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it won't, certainly. Um, uh, yeah, I would, would not think so. And so, But so anyway, nonetheless, we, we're not sure exactly how long uh, Lister has been alive or, like, been revived at this point. Um, right. So then wherever, like, whatever amount of milk remained at this stage, that's, mm-hmm. Holly is, like, slowly kind of feeding it to Lister as we go. And yeah. maybe now we're down to the last bits of milk, which is dog milk. And Holly, as the ship's computer, surely has been programmed to try and keep the crew, the humans, alive. Now the only one who's left is Lister. So... If there is not just milk, but any kind of food item or important kind of building block for continuing survival on Nova 5, then Holly wants them to acquire it. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, fine, whatever. Um, That whole dog milk conversation, though, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but the point of that, then it's, like, all to say, like, he put that gross milk in his tea and he, like, drops the tea and they're like, oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah. M- major hilarity from that. <laughs> um, then we turn to the screen where the message from Nova 5 comes onto the screen and it's Crichton there. Um, do you want to try your hand at describing what Crichton looks like? Um... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, the the material that's, like, his makeup look reminded me of. I'm trying to think, like, what that is. He sort of looked like, 
like, <laughs> I don't even, what is that? Like, I'm picturing something very specific, but it's, I can't, he sort of looked like, anyway, he, I, don't, I really, I really don't know how is to describe the it. the thing you're searching for Max Hedrum? No, I don't know what that is. I've uh, heard someone else say that those words before, but I don't know what it is. It probably was me who said them before. It was actually another podcast where they kept talking about Max Hedrum, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but it didn't matter. Um, but I don't know what that is. Max Hedrum. Um, a video game, right? Something like no, that? No, he was a, a, like, a, this sounds weird, a TV personality from this same era who the whole gag of it was he was supposed to look like he was an AI, um, oh. but it was an actor made up to look like a talking computer program. Mm. And it was very similar to this where, like, um, bits, it looked like maybe bits of plastic are, like, Yeah, affixed. he looks like a mat. Like, I feel like yeah. he looks like a mat. Like, somebody put, like material from like a gym mat on his face <laughs> um like yeah because he had very like um a, like a protuberant forehead that was very yeah but like it was square it wasn't just like prominent yeah. it was everything yeah. was squared off his cheeks yeah the same um he was bald uh yeah it's a very max head it was like foam like they yes. looked like they put foam on yes. his face but it was like pointy foam yeah um, very Max Hedrum esque, especially when he okay. like when he appeared on the screen, because that was the whole thing. Is Max Hedrum um, would only ever appear on a screen. He often he would like introduce videos on MTV and stuff. Oh. Um, and that was also a British person who came up with that concept. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. Also from the same era. So I was like, oh, it was just like in the air. Oh. People wanted to do this Max Hedrum thing. Um, huh. And so Crichton is on the screen giving this message that says there's been a disaster. We've crash landed on this planet. The male, all the men of the crew were killed on impact, but the women have survived. And then it flashes a picture of the women and immediately all of And the, they're like, and their measurements. Like oh yeah, PS, he did the give way. their measurements. <laughs> That's totally normal. Um, yeah. And all of the, men of the crew because even though cat is cat and rimmer is a hologram everyone is like extremely male on this crew even holly yeah as we'll see yeah. and everyone is like real jazzed about the possibility of seeing some human women um yep. and so they plot holly like plots in the coordinates to get to this planet and it's like we've got a whole day, 24 hours to prepare for meeting these women. So immediately... And the cat is like, I need to get in the shower first. Like, yeah, he's he's perhaps the most excited of anyone yeah. about this yeah. turn of events. Um, then, uh, and I, doesn't Lister kind of like make fun of everybody? Like, why are you guys getting like so jet, like blah? Yeah, and, he seemed sort of blase about it. But then that sets up the joke for the next scene where we go into his bunk and he is like actively trying to pick out like a good outfit to wear. Yeah, but it, like, let's be clear about like, for, like, so when you mentioned before that they sort of 
brought the um, odd couple vibe. He's, yeah. Lister is clearly the... The sloppy one. I don't remember. Yeah, the dirty, messy one. Yeah. Because, like, the, I think he... I want to say that's Walter Matthau. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, yeah, that's right. I just don't know what... I think, I don't know, Felix and Oscar are their names. Yeah, I think Oscar yeah. is messy. And Felix... I don't... Yeah. But I but might I think be wrong you're about right. that. Yeah. Um, but, so he's clearly the messy one because he's, like... He it, oh he's putting his sock he's got a sock and he's like spraying it with stuff and then he literally like bangs it on the table as if it's like st- it has been stiff because it's so dirty yes um and that gets another uproarious laugh track and that too um, could read as a more blue style of humor if you want to read it that way oh yeah ick um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I just read. I didn't like know how much I would be man. alluding to sperm in this oh. episode. And then it reminds me of another part where he does the same thing later. Or I should say, um, semen more accurately. Anyway, you you get it. <laughs> we get it. Um, he's dirty. That's yes, like the he's, joke. He's of got the like show. stains on his shirt. He like puts on a pair of pants, and then there's like a big hole in the butt, and so he's using like spray yep. paint to paint his butt. Yeah, genius, genius move. <laughs> yeah, people out there, if that's what you want to do, just put some weird makeup on your knee. If you got a rip in your jeans, no one will know. Yeah, what are you, what are you trying to patch things up for? Just paint yeah. your ass, whatever color the color of your pants are. Um. Meanwhile, Rimmer comes in and he's in like this spotless white dress uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a weird kind of situation where Rimmer is like. Hey, man, can you, like, when we meet the girls, like, and I don't know that he says girls, but i that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. and Because I know that, like, grown men shouldn't call anybody girls unless they are girls. Um, but anyway, that's, like, a different situation. But um, <laughs> he's, like, can you, like, be kind of cool and, like, talk me up and say how I'm brave and... Um, and this is a real mm-hmm. head scratcher. I, I guess I can see why you'd want your wingman to say, tell everybody that how brave I am. But what I don't know how effective this strategy is, is Rimmer also says, can you also, like, let them know how many previous girlfriends I've had? Like... Yeah. And the thing is, is, like, I, I am a straight woman, and if a man led with... <laughs> I've had, had like, X many girlfriends. And it kind of, like, as it varies with age. But no matter what age you are, if you're, like, that's one of your top, like, claims to fame, (laughs) I'm not sure that it, that's not actually the, you're not sending the message that you think you're sending when you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because immediately my question is, is, like, well, Okay. You're, what did you do to lose all of right, them? Right. Like, you're 32. Yeah. You say you've had, like, 17, quote-unquote, serious relationships in your life. Um, yeah. That suggests you, that you're not actually a very good boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, because here's... That is so true. Because I think probably what they were going for with that, but couldn't say, he was saying the word how much girlfriend. Sex or I've had. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, like, too. I mean, like, again. I mean, it, it, well, here's the thing. I think that as, like, an opening line or as a 
um, like a hook to get somebody, I think could could go two ways. Right. Some people might be into that. Some right. people might be intrigued by that. Um, others will be either fully disgusted or fully, <laughs> like, right, or just not or int- intimidated, whatever. Like, well, I think that thing, really depends on a person. The like, thing whether is, is that like, it's gonna work. I thought. Now again, this this is written by people in 1988, so it's different. But like, I thought by the, by now 2021, I think we're pretty much on to the page where everyone is like, do not ask people their number. It is not a cool thing to ask, and it's not a cool thing to brag about. And it's not because you should be ashamed of whatever number of sex partners you have. Mm-hmm. That's your business. Do whatever you mm-hmm. want. Um, but it doesn't really say one, it doesn't tell you anything no. interesting. And oh, it's, it's really, it's definitely not, I would say it's not a first date conversation. If you're like truly like in relationship with someone and you want to know that information, I think it's okay to ask. Yeah. Although, but P.S. Don't, be, ask, be, be, don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. But be be warned that they may then tell you something you didn't want to hear. <laughs> right. And as well, I, if if what he's really saying here is I've had sex with a lot of women, I, I think then what we're supposed to infer from that is therefore I am good at sex. Correct. And the thing is, again, I'm like, just if you tell me you've had sex with 250 people in your life. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not saying that's high. I'm not saying that's low. I'm just saying you tell uh, I'm me. I'm sorry. That's high. <laughs> I, look, that's, Amy. I don't. We don't know, know how people like people. to. We don't know how people like to spend their free time. And as I said, it's yeah, not it's my true. place to judge. But the point I'm not is, judging. I'm not judging. I'm just saying a fact. That's a lot of people to sleep with. Only because I truly, truly, in my lifetime, and I'm like, I'm not dead yet, but like. I don't think I've met 250 people. You, you definitely alone. have. You went to college, Amy. You've met 250 people. Okay, fine. I have. But still, I can't. I it can't. would take a lot of work to achieve that number. Like, just in terms of I the mean, time, time suck alone. Um, but the point is, you <laughs> saying that to me, I'm like, well, if most of those people, you only had sex with them once or twice, that doesn't mean you're any good at sex. Like no, when you the no, first the, time the you have sex is really with someone, representative of nothing. Yeah, the first time you have sex with someone, at best case scenario, usually is just okay for both of you. Like, <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, the whole thing. I was like, wow, I, this is this has not. This was never a good gambit at any no. era. It's really not. It's not. A, it's not a good. It's not a good. Uh, guys, and not, and I don't mean guys as in like only men. I just mean people. Literally, so people. hey, people who want to have sex with other people, <laughs> uh, don't lead. It's not a with, good opening. <laughs> no, it's not a good opening. Don't lead with, hey, you seem great. I've had sex with thousands of other people before. Uh, you. It's just like because like you're really like because <laughs> that you're really alienating someone there because like if they're into that that might not be what you want because now they're into you only for that purpose. Right, right. If they're not into that, now you've turned them off. So like right. just I would I would chill on Find that. Find other a while. things to brag about yourself with. Um, yeah. like, like the brave thing is fine. Yeah, the brave <laughs> thing is fine. Um but I also just like that 
Rimmer is like, Lister, you're actually a very bad wingman. Please, <laughs> please don't do this to me. Um, meanwhile, on Nova 5, that crew is also pretty excited to see people. Can you describe what's happening on Nova 5 in anticipation of the Red Dwarf crew's arrival? Oh, it's not good. It's very um, dark. If it weren't a sitcom, this would be horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be part of, like, a horror movie. For sure. And they, they allude, I mean, they allude to that a little bit later. But um, what it is, is Crichton is, quote-unquote, prepping the ladies for yeah. m- this meeting. Perfect. And he's, like, serving serving them or he's giving them i can't remember if he's like giving them soup or like if he's like primping them or what yeah i feel Um, like maybe making them drinks like are margaritas involved i can't remember i don't know he's like they're all seated at a table and right so but we get the reveal that all these women are straight up skeletons they're skeletons Um, with wigs on their heads (laughs) and and hats and clothes on yeah which so I'm pretty sure not like, great. <laughs> first of all, I'm not sure that in space your body would decay that way. Um, but let's say yeah, it does decay somewhat as normal on planet Earth. When you're in clothes and your body starts decaying, the clothes decay with you. I see. What I was thinking was that he dressed them. Oh, maybe. Yeah, and he maybe got some wigs and put them on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But also, like, then he really is... A, a, an android that's gone insane. Yeah, like, he does not know how things work. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen crazy androids before, or androids who... Yeah. I mean, crazy isn't right, I guess, when you're talking about an android. An android whose programming is, like... Is faulty. It is so kind of... Um, how do I want to say this? like, tightly designed, that they, they get into a feedback loop, which is what happens with mm. Crichton. He's like, I've been designed to serve. And he doesn't know what to do. And these women, they clearly, because his message said that they did survive the crash. So they survived. Yeah. We don't know how long ago the crash was. We don't know what that, yeah, And so true. at some point, those women died, and right. he still had to serve them. And a long time ago, them. we know. Yeah. Yeah. And he still had to serve them. So, yeah. yeah. I guess he's dressing up skeletons and, like, brushing their hair. And Doesn't he put, like, lipstick on the teeth of the... Uh, it's creepy, whatever it's, it is. It's very Buffalo Bill. It's very, like, this... If there weren't a laugh track over this, this would be terrifying. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they allude later. They say, like, they call him, like... Um, the android Norman Bates or something. Yeah, they and that do. is what it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So when so then the crew, the Red Dwarf crew, arrives, and Crichton is so excited and he greets them. Um, and this is when I notice cr- part of the other thing that about the Crichton costume that would be very uncomfortable is his clothes are all made of plastic. Yeah. So just he imagine like you're like covered, are made out of a mat. Yeah, your clo- your face is covered in plastic, and then mm-hmm. your body is covered in plastic, and you're under those lights. You've got to be sweating like that's none why he other. only did it the one time. Yeah, that actor was sure. like, "Fuck this, I'm not yeah. doing this ever again." Yeah. So he greets them. I think he's also got like a little maid's cap and 
uh, apron on at this point. Yeah. And he's so excited and he's like, come, come. And he brings them to the galley where the, the girls are. (laughs) 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 And then they all discover that they're skeletons. And, and do you want to do the joke that happens that Lister does once? Oh Yeah. He start he like leans into these skeletons and starts like doing his whole wingman bit mm-hmm. and it's like he's so brave he's so great um, he's I can't had remember so exactly many what he says <laughs> <laughs> and then and the rumors like yeah and I will say I did have in my handwritten notes that's a good joke <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate it is that pretty joke. funny. Um, this is also when the cat is dressed in a totally gold spacesuit, and I wrote right. and I wrote next to that. I was like, the cat seems like a character from Zoobly Zoo mixed with yes. Little Richard, mixed with like the Wiz or something. Yes, and you were right before Prince. There's like a lot and of different um, source material there for that. Basically, look. just like the '80s. Yeah. Um, now. Like, Crichton couldn't be more pleased. He thinks this meeting is going tip-top. And then the Red Dwarf crew are like, Crichton, you know these are dead women. Like, what what happened? And it does seem like Crichton is surprised to... He does not seem to know that news to be the case. Yeah, and he's very upset. Um, Yeah. And this is what I mean is I have to assume that his programming was so, like, you serve humans. That's what you do. I'm sure that when these women died, however they died, let's hope of natural causes, um, he he probably registered that to some degree because if he's designed to serve humans, he presumably could, like, do medicine Well, he would notice they would them. stop, like, speaking yeah, and stuff. Yeah, All of that. Uh, but... But also, because his program is, is so focused on serving them, once he started serving them, once they were dead, maybe he kind of forgot. Yeah. You know? And we, again, we don't know how long this has been going on. Um, yeah. And Crichton is also very upset because, again, his programming is like, I'm supposed to serve humans. There aren't humans here anymore. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Basically, they're like, well, come to our ship. Like, you know, we're alive and one of us is human. So, like, come here. Um, So then we get on to the ship of the Red Dwarf and we get a whole montage of Crichton doing a lot of chores. Um, (laughs) And when we get back into um, the bunk that Lister and Rimmer share, the bunk is completely cleaned up and totally transformed. Um, yeah, it looks great. It's got a lot of doilies. I mean, on it's, it. yeah, it's very like it's very like um, I'll say um, like frou frou'd up or very yeah. like it looks kind of grandma y in my it opinion. Very much but it does. is cleaner. <laughs> it is cleaner. It also has a lot of plants in it. Yeah. Um, and also I'll mention that the Nova Five ship also had like gardens and plants in it as well, and <laughs> that's important because it turns out that's one of Crichton's things that Crichton hmm. likes to do. Um, and so Lister is in the bunk and he's like, we don't know how long Crichton's been on the ship at this point, but he's Mm -hmm. like, is there anything that you would like to do for yourself? Like, 
you know, you, you serve us all day, you clean up, you cook, mm -hmm. presumably, but, like, is there something that you want to do for fun? And do you, you can look on the outline, so why don't you say what he says his passions are? <laughs> he, basically, he says his passions are sleeping and watching android soap operas. Right. I mean, and as you'll see also in this outline, I, I same. said, same. My, I also yeah. like sleeping and watching television. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and would, I would say and would describe those, about both of those things too. as passions. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he also says, and again, Crichton actually isn't a he. Crichton is just an android. Crichton also yeah. says that um, it enjoys gardening and plants, which there was all kinds of evidence of that. Um, and so Lister is like, well, then why don't you like do those things? Why are you always listening to Rimmer? Um, and then Rimmer comes in with like a theatrically long list of chores for Crichton mm -hmm. to do. Um, and Crichton seems to be like very, like jump to it. Like he's about to start this yeah. list of chores. And Lister and Kat are watching alongside being like, what is the deal? And Lister says, I've actually tried to show him some movies about rebellion and rebels so that he won't <laughs> do this anymore. But like, it doesn't seem to be taking and then the final scene of the show, we're back, we're still in the bunk. It's a, some amount of time later. Um, and Crichton is now painting a portrait of Rimmer. Um, and both Lister and Kat are like off to the side, shaking their heads like, this is too much. Like Rimmer is telling this android to do too much. Um, and finally, like Rimmer looks at the portrait that Crichton has painted and describe what is in this portrait. <laughs> well, we they, they show it kind of, they do like a little reveal. Like at first they're showing the top and it looks like it's going to be like this nice kind of um, portrait headshot type yeah, of like. Yeah, maybe it's like, hasn't it got like, like a library. Yeah, I was going to say there are books with, behind him, right? Yeah, and he's like got his like fancy. Um, Dress uniform on. Yeah. Yeah. But then as we see the painting as a whole, it then pans down and it is him in that dress uniform on top and sitting on the toilet. Yes. Um, <laughs> perfect. And then there's, of course, a big laugh at that. Yeah. And it seems like finally Crichton has evolved beyond its original programming because then it gives Rimmer the finger. Um which I was like, oh, yep. family programming, but I guess that's okay because we don't say what the we middle finger the means. Word. And then yeah. Crichton goes like full bore nuts and like throws a bowl of soup, like a big bowl of soup, yeah, into the into Rimmer's bunk. Maybe it was punch. I don't know how you serve soup in such it a large like, bowl. It looked like soup though because it was like kind of thick. Yeah, it was like tomato soup in a weird or color. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, both Kat and Lister are, like, super <laughs> excited about this turn of events. And then the final shot is Crichton is now dressed up like Marlon Brando in The Wild One. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just, like, I, I couldn't tell where Crichton was supposed to be, like, if he was going to go off on his own in a shuttle or what, because it's mostly yeah, just a either. tight close-up on his, like, face and shoulders and it's yeah. the typical, like, 80s sitcom end where it's, like, freeze frame, 
saxophone yep. music. That's all there is to it. Um, yep. And I was just like, what did I just see? What was yeah, same like this the entire thing? What did I just twenty eight <laughs> minutes about? Like, yeah, um, yeah, kind of wild, kind of weird. But I did like that it was only twenty eight minutes. Um, Love that. So, as always, now let's turn to yawns and eye rolls. Uh, for yawns, one yawn is I wasn't bored even at all, and ten yawns is like whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like falling asleep watching this thing what would you give it um I would say I'm gonna go two. I was not I was not bored and luckily like I watched this uh in the morning so I was still mm. relatively fresh awake. <laughs> <laughs> I was fresh for the day um yeah and I did find it so weirdly quirky that I was engaged pretty well with it yeah yeah, I think I would say same, like a two, like a little room for improvement, but yeah. um, also it's so short, it's hard to yeah. like really Yeah, I can't complain too much. Um, I mean, I can do it. I can be bored in I, 24 minutes or I know. Minutes, I know what you're <laughs> capable of, um, and you maybe need to look into like adult ADHD medication. Okay, um, well. But in terms of eye rolls, hmm. one eye roll is, you know, it's a quirky show. What do you expect? Um, I've watched episodes of Elf. What do you expect? Um, and then 10 eye rolls is like, I just cannot buy into any of this. What um, would you give it? It's so, it's, it's kind of a weird one because on the one hand, it's supposed to be 3 million years in the future, which mm. we've said like Deep. in previous yeah, that like, far in the future in, is a tough sell. It, like, I mean, because in previous ones, it's like 500 years in the future is like a long time. Right. And we're talking 3 million. So, like, that's that's right. a lot. Right. Um, but at the same time, I did sort of, like, buy all the craziness. <laughs> like, well, even though it, it was is, crazy, it was somehow, like, a little bit buyable. So I think because th the reason the time jump works is because nothing's left. It, so, like, yeah. it's as yeah. if, like... It's kind of the same. It's like a time capsule almost. Right. Like, like so the if, time doesn't matter. So if they went back to Earth and, like, three million years on Earth... Because, like, I don't think this is a situation... Right. Well, I don't know. But, like, I don't get the impression that Earth has been destroyed. It's just, mm. like, Lister is off on his own on this ship. And yeah. so if he came back to Earth and we saw, like, what happened to Earth in three million years, that would maybe be a different thing. Yeah. Um, but instead, yeah. it's just, like, we're this kind of self-contained entity, yeah. I think. So I guess I would say, like, eye roll-wise, I would say probably, like, between six and seven-ish. Yeah. Like, That's still I higher than I would have expected, but fair I mean, enough. yeah, because it's, cause it's, like, because it is eye roll -y, but at the same time, like, I bought into it so I don't know yeah yeah I think yeah for me I might say in that same vein more like a five like mm -hmm. kind of right on par with I think almost any science fiction show like we got a lot of stuff <laughs> going on it's a bit nuts but like whatever um but there is a cat that's been like reanimated into right. a human so that's like, probably <laughs> the biggest eye roll of all the things <laughs> Um, yeah. Everything else, I was I like, mean, also, yeah, yeah. I like we've seen this in other shows. Like that's 
what it is. I mean, I've like, never heard of a specific chicken soup machine no, repairman. I've nor never I. heard of that before. Nor I. <laughs> nor I. Um, so then, of course, as always, final questions. Did you like this, and would you recommend it? Um, I liked it fine. Like, I probably wouldn't watch another episode. It wouldn't be, like, my sure. go-to, like, show in the background. It's just, like, yeah. a little too weird for that. Sure. Um, would I recommend it? Maybe to a British person. <laughs> <laughs> they probably um, already know about it. Well, then, perfect. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I yeah, and there's not really anyone that, I know that I feel like I would recommend you this. Must, you must, you simply say. must watch this show, yeah. Red Dwarf. Yeah, I really, yeah, I don't think that I would. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm the same. I liked it perfectly well, perfectly fine. Um, I'm not sure I'd recommend it to really anyone because it's kind of like too British and not British enough simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because what Mike's because I feel like I don't watch a lot of British stuff, so I'm not versed in that. Though I do know there are people who like that's their thing. They really right. love like the British right uh, crime dramas or this. Right. This one because it's not really tethered to Earth. Britain itself. Yeah. It makes it yes, obviously they have British accents, but there's not really, and the humor is. I guess you would say you, the humor is British. There's nothing else that makes it, like, inherently British, no. so it's, like... No, it's not, like, even though, it's, like, if you want to watch, like, true British comedy, then watch Monty Python or watch Faulty Towers, right. you know, like, right. this... Or, like, Abs Fab or something. Yeah, this is just, like, <laughs> they don't, because they don't, they take away a lot of the Britishisms, like, like, because if... Yeah. Like, the, sometimes the things I like about watching British shows is just hearing British turns of phrase, right? Like, and, like, yeah. oh, that's how you say this, interesting, cool, whatever. The different accents, right? right? And right. this doesn't have that because those have been very purposefully taken away. Right. Um, and so then it's like, well, it's not, like, giving, and it's certainly not, if you, like, oh, I like to have a window on, like, how, what is it like in Britain in the 80s? Like, you're right, not getting right. that from this. Like, right. Um, so, yeah. that That's what I would say is, like, I don't, there's nobody that I would be like, oh, you like, like, you like, um, I don't know, what's a quintessential, like, you like Prime Suspect, you'd like this. Or you like Faulty Towers, you'd like this. Like, I'm yeah. like, no, there are other things that you would like more than this, probably. Yeah. So it was like watch like Doctor Who or something. Yes, if you like yes. British if you and, want a British kind of and comedy, Doctor yeah. Who is where you want to spend your time. I think more than this. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> it was I I, I I liked being aware of it. Like it's nice to yeah. know that it, it's out there. Um, it's clearly not really super for us, but that's fine. <laughs> um so thank you very much amy it's been a pleasure as always i am sarah and we will see you next week in space thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of see you next week in space this is a production by amy and sarah walsh with artwork provided by riley brown if you'd like to learn more about our show please check us out at see you next week in or follow us on instagram at see you next week in space until the next one